0: Hello everyone, I'm Zola Zingit. Welcome to COVID Stuck Abroad, the podcast where I get to chat with South Africans who are living abroad in 2020, when COVID-19 changed the world as we know it. This podcast aims to tell the personal accounts of guests featured and does not claim to offer verified facts. To get verified information about COVID-19 and related information, please refer to the official World Health Organization website, as well as the official South African government website. Please see the show notes for links. It must also be stated that COVID stuck abroad will not tolerate xenophobic sentiments. Listeners should recognize that the personal experiences of one individual cannot be viewed as a representation of an entire nation, ethnicity, or culture. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. Hello everyone. My guest today is Marissa Naidu. Marissa moved to Sichuan, China in January 2019, to work as an ESL teacher at an after-school language institution. She stayed there for two years, deciding to come back to South Africa in January 2021. She's now studying for her postgraduate diploma in education at Connerstone Institute. Hi, Marissa.
1: Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm very good. I'm just excited that we finally get to do our recording. We've tried this so many Honest times. Attitude,
1: yes, uh, I'm glad that it's working out.
0: <laughs> How are you doing? Like, how's your day been? Um, tired, mm. but, <laughs> but good. Yeah. What's Devon like today? You're in Devon, right? Yeah.
1: It's sunny. It's a Durban winter, you know? It's, like, <laughs> it's so cold. I'm like, ah, not really.
0: Yeah. But like, no, like, even the side things are warming up a bit more as we end yeah. july which is a good thing we're finally in gauteng are over the third wave peak so i'm hoping things will just get better mm. overall yeah yeah, yeah
1: well.
0: so we're gonna have a very long conversation today um so i just want to get into it very quickly because I have so yeah. many questions for you about your journey. You know how fascinated I am by like everything you lived through in the past two years. Uh. So, <laughs> so just to start off. Yeah, you, I think as I went through it,
1: I'm like, not like, I, I don't think it's fascinating just because I, I went through it. So I'm like, oh that happened but I guess sort of now like looking back on it I'm like ah oh, okay that it makes sense where Zola was uh, so fascinated with her
0: yeah I mean you know let me just say it now that you and Tina you know Tina Shu who was my first guest the two of you sort of inspired this podcast because I was hearing your stories in real time and I was just thinking what is going on And I just wondered, you know, what everyone else, other South Africans were also experiencing during this crazy time that we've all lived through. So, Mm. yeah, it's actually amazing that you're like, you know, my final guest for this first season of COVID Stuck Abroad.
1: I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited that I get to do it because I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to do (laughs) do this and I'm not going to be a part of it. but
0: i know i was also worried about that because i was like no i really want you to be a part of it you know so i'm really glad this is happening so just to you know go to the very beginning of you being this like Mm. international nomad this person who you know is constantly (laughs) moving around my first question to you is you know like i know you've lived in the us and you've also lived in south korea Mm. in taiwan and then you know the latest Mm. was china How were you able to, like, live in all those different countries? Why did you even want to do that? And, yeah, like, just how have you been able to, like, move around? Why did you make that decision?
1: I mean, I've always been interested in travel Hmm. and just, like, exploring things on my own sort of and um, kind of had that, like, same mindset that I guess a lot of people have when they finish university too and just like, oh, I want to kind of explore, and you don't really know who you are at that point, and you kind of just, I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. Um, mm. And for me, it was like, it's like, there's so many opportunities to learn, I think, and, like, meeting new people. But I guess I didn't know what I was getting into either. It was like, oh, I made this decision in my mind and kind of just jumped into it. I mean, going to the U.S., it was, like, while I was in university, and it was very cushioned I guess like I was everything was planned I kind of mm. knew what I was getting into and it is a western country so it wasn't like so much of a like oh I need to adapt to things and I was staying on campus so it wasn't too bad but mm. Korea was like the first time where it was like oh I'm on my own I'm you know it's a completely different country so mm. uh that was that was a big change for me
0: and with Korea, that was, like, your first time teaching, right? Like, going to be an ESL teacher.
1: Yeah, and that was always crazy for me, too, because I'm not, like, the most, you know, getting in front of people and uh kind of having a loud voice or it's never <laughs> be, I'd never be, like, like so, I don't know. I, I never imagined myself as a, a teacher. Yeah. So, for me, it was a very different experience and, uh but now it's been like one of, like, especially going to so many countries now and teaching in those countries and mm. knowing all of my students. It's so, now it's like, it's
0: really meaningful, like, once yeah. I like, look back on it. I mean, you yeah. essentially you are choosing it now, even as a career, like, with your studies. Yeah. 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 And I
1: never thought I would, but I really see how, like, the impact you can make now and just the relationship with the students as well.
0: Hmm. So why specifically did you go to China in 2019? You know, so it's like I mentioned the other countries that you lived in. So why yeah. why was China next on your radar?
1: Well, at that time, like I was back in South Africa. I was like, ah, oh, I wonder which country I'm going to go to next. <laughs> like, you know, we've had these conversations so many times. Ah, oh, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go? And then I was speaking to my cousin and my cousin just finished her degree at the time like a few months ago Mm -hmm. and she was wanting she kind of seemed like she wanted to leave as well and see something different and it was mostly her like she really wanted to see china Mm -hmm. and and i was i was kind of i'm pretty open i guess and i was like okay let's do it let's try (laughs) and i think i think we got a good opportunity and uh the job that we were offered was really good and Uh, we could stay in the same city and at the the same school actually so Mm. it all kind of worked
0: out it all fell into place. And what was that first year like like did you choose Suchen yourselves like how did you end up in Suchen even? No
1: I think it was more like looking for the job and having like all the, the the right things in the job and like the city and I didn't want like my cousin to be alone as well so it was more those things and not so much like focusing on which city we were uh, going to be in. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't really choose the city. But
0: what was um, it like? But that
1: first year and, was...
0: Yeah, and like <laughs> how big is it? Like what? what is Suchan like and, you know, what was that first year like?
1: I mean, it's big because China is so big. Mm. But it's a small city for China. Uh. Uh, but it has a few million. <laughs> but it's... Uh, <laughs> more for China, but it's big. It was different, like it's different from any other place that I've been to. And even though I've been to like Asian countries before where English isn't the first language, I've never been to a place like this where it's like, yeah, you hardly hear any English, like it's confused, like you're completely thrown into Mm. Chinese, everything. It, it was difficult to get used to as well. And, and I wanted to kind of, like with my cousin, I wanted to make sure that she was having a good experience and it was also cold when we got there, it was snowing. Oh. Um, Yeah, but it turned into a good experience because uh, mostly because of our job, we had a really good job, really good co-workers, uh, we are surrounded by, by good people.
0: Yeah. And then do you perhaps remember the first time you sort of heard about a virus or by the time you were um, aware were, like yeah I guess I'm trying to figure out like when were you aware about like this virus that was sort of spreading and what did you think it was
1: yeah like um I know that people say they've heard about it like in November December but of 2019. We were, like there wasn't really yeah 2019 there wasn't really a lot of talk about it mm. and I think if it, it, if it was like, uh, talked about a lot and we had like detailed information about it, then no one would have been like going out of the country for Chinese New Year. And that's mm. how like the whole thing, I mean, it spread so fast because of Chinese New Year. Yeah. So we obviously didn't have like a lot of information about it and we went like towards the end of January to like out of China. So, even at that point, it wasn't, like, so serious. It was only while we were in Cambodia that I was, like, all over the news and things got really serious. And I think it got more serious when they said, okay, it's out of China. Now it's spreading, you know, a lot of people have it.
0: I think with you specifically, I I don't know if I'm, like, bringing up, like, Mm -hmm. our personal conversations or what, but with you specifically, I remember, I can't (laughs) remember the date, but I just remember you... Being, I think you were sick, or you had a cold, or something. I can't remember. And then you were planning to leave while I was in China. Yeah, and then you were planning to leave for Cambodia. And I remember asking you, I'm like, "Aren't you worried you might be sick about with this new thing that's apparently spreading in China?" And like, you were not worried at all, and like, you were still going to Cambodia. And I was like, "Should you be like, aren't you really sick? Are you going to be fine traveling?" Mm like were you just not yeah. worried at I, all or like I don't know I just remember know, I, being more I, honestly, worried than you
1: yeah and that's what I think too is that people back home people in South Africa were telling me oh yeah you heard about the new virus and it's happening whatever and people I, I mean I guess the people that I was surrounded by were people in my city with mm. people. they were kind of downplaying it and they're like oh it's fine it's just a virus it'll be okay like uh, it didn't seem like they were making it like a huge issue. So I thought, oh, it's people back home kind of like exaggerating. <laughs> because if I'm in China and the people in China are telling me that it's fine and you can go on a holiday, I'm thinking, oh, it's not that, that mm. serious if I can go on holiday. Yeah. And at that point, we're not wearing masks or anything we only started wearing masks in Cambodia.
0: Ah, so in Cambodia, you already did start wearing masks. Yeah. And this was in, you went to Cambodia for the Chinese New Year, right? Yeah, yeah. How long were you supposed to be there for? About a week and a half. And then how long did you actually end up staying?
1: I stayed the whole time. Like It was just like um, the time that I was supposed to go back to China. I came back to South Africa.
0: Ah, so you did just stay just like that one week and a half. Okay, so let's... Yeah. Go back to that time. Like what's going on yeah. you're in Cambodia? Why do you guys start wearing masks? Like what's happening? Like what is the communication that you're getting from your colleagues or from your school?
1: Well the thing is even when I even when we got to Cambodia I was still sick and I thought I was <laughs> fine. Like um I got the flu while I was in China mm. and I was on, on an IV drift, but I still thought I could be okay and I
0: oh my goodness! myself. okay. Then we <laughs> went
1: to Cambodia. We <laughs> I, uh, we were in um, Pen and I think I fainted on the street. Yeah, I fainted <gasps> on the street. What? I don't know and, this. Oh, I thought I told you. <laughs> no. Well, I fainted while I was in China too. Like I told you that, right? While I was w- waiting to get the the drip.
0: No, I don't. Oh, okay, maybe I forgot. I don't know. What? My goodness, Marissa. Oh. Okay, so you fainted in China yeah. and then you decided to still go to Cambodia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know how you have like this one window and you feel like, oh, I'm okay now. But then you realize that it's just a window and it's like you didn't actually recover. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I don't know if you... You know how you, have, you just have a time where you feel like you're okay, but yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, then I ended up painting in Cambodia again, and and I got like a birthday, and I was really out of it. So for the first, um I, I'd say like four or five days over there, I guess everything was going on, but my cousin, well Nadine, she was taking care of me the whole time. We didn't have a TV in the hotel room. We weren't oh, like so aware of mm. everything that was going on because we were so occupied at the time. Yeah, and uh it was only when we flew, we flew from Nam to Siem Reap. And it was there that we kind of noticed, so I got a bit better basically, and mm-hmm. then uh, it was there that we noticed, oh, everyone's wearing masks all of a sudden and they're taking our temperature everywhere and like, huh, what's mm-hmm. going on? And then kind of like watched the news a bit more, paid more attention, and like, okay, it's getting a bit serious and it was getting serious there in Cambodia. And people were calling me too, and they're like, "Are you okay? Where are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I think I was so out of it because I was sick, and with everything going mm. on, I, I was like, it, it, like just like landed on me. So if it wasn't like this growing thing, where
0: like uh, oh, it's getting
1: serious now, it's just kind of yeah.
0: Okay, so then why yeah. did you decide to come to South Africa then, like from Cambodia? Like, why didn't you mm-hmm. go back to China?"
1: Mm, Yeah. I mean, we saw how bad things were getting. Uh, Our manager was in Vietnam at the time and he was uh, texting us, texting our boss. And we were in a group chat and like, what's going to happen? It seems to be getting serious. Should we go back to China? Mm. And our boss was like, no, uh, it's getting pretty serious here. We don't think you should come back. And uh, Nadine and I were kind of like, okay we think we need to go home. And our boss agreed with that as well. And at the time, South Africa didn't have any cases. Mm. And we were in the mindset that, like, this virus is kind of like, would stay in Asia. Mm. So, like, okay, we'll be safe in South Africa. We'll wait until things get better. And, you know, at that point, you're thinking, oh, it'll be a few weeks, and then everything will be back to normal. Mm. And it'll be okay. And we go back. Uh, that was how it was and I was like No, this is Never in my mind Did I think Oh, this is going to go on For like, Over a year Yeah never. So
0: Yeah, that's what happened Okay, so when you come back To South Africa You know, what is your family saying? How long did you expect to stay here? And You know, like What were your plans? Like, did you think you'd go back Like, quickly? Or Yeah, it's like What were you thinking at that point?
1: Yeah, when we got back, I thought it might take a. Uh, I thought we'd be a, like for about a month, and we were. We were yeah for about a month. Um
0: When did you land? My
1: family like they went to on the first of Feb.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So it's like for the entire month of February you yeah. were in South Africa. Yeah. Okay.
1: We left. We left early March. Oh. Yeah. 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 So. When I got back, I mean, family, yeah, they were concerned, but I don't think, at least my family and people that I was surrounded by, they weren't too concerned that the virus was going to come here or anything like
0: that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, what were you doing? Like, so the entire time that you were in South Africa, you were not working. Like, your schools were closed. So, you just sort of were on holiday this side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, Towards the end of that month, I think that they were like, okay, we're going to start online classes and stuff mm. like that. Actually, they started online classes quite early, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's China. They tried to, like, you know, I everything mean, was <laughs> like, okay, we need to do something now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, why then? If if they were doing online classes, then it's like, why couldn't you stay the side longer? You know, it's like because it seems really early for you uh, to think have gone really back because
1: of the time difference. Um, you know, I'd have to be up like early morning, uh, and uh, okay. they yeah. kind of wanted to have like training sessions and like internet connectivity as well. Like that's a big issue. Yeah. Like it just wouldn't have
0: been up to the level that they would need. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna lie; it's one of the things I miss the most <laughs> of our career. Just. The internet speed, the internet connection at like reasonable prices. But okay, so it's like Mm -hmm. when you're leaving to go back to China in early March, like to me that seems crazy because I feel like that's that seems to be the time when this virus was spreading around Mm -hmm. the world. So were you not afraid to go back?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I was really afraid. Um, But I had our boss was kind of like, you need to come back now. Uh And they were also, they were saying that uh, their city, that our city was getting better with the cases and things would be okay. Mm. And at that time, yeah, China was, uh the cases were going down quite fast. Like it surged for a few weeks and then it lowered. Mm. So they're like, okay, it's, it's getting better so you can come back. And yeah, we... kind of just took that chance but going back it was one of the craziest experiences too it was like a whole new world and i guess like the world we live in now but at that time it was just uh, it
0: it was very different to us why what do you mean like what was going on
1: like okay so when we went to shenzhen i think so we went from johannesburg to shenzhen and I mean, that flight, okay, it wasn't too bad, but in Shenzhen, like, just seeing the entire airport with masks and everyone's kind of like, it was this, um just, like, knowing, like, uh, everyone's, like, you know, looking at each other, like, we know this virus is going to like, anyone could have it. Mm. Uh, it was a very different feeling, a very different atmosphere. You know, we were spraying the seats, we were sitting on, we were, like, everyone was, like, on edge, it, you could see it.
0: You mm.
1: could see, like, you'd feel the tension, kind of, Yeah. at the airport.
0: Yeah. And then, what was it like then to be back? So what happened when you landed back in, like, Suchen? You know, just mm-hmm. like, what was the experience of then traveling back? Did you like, see anything different about mm-hmm. the city or?
1: I mean, we got so many instructions as well. Like, when we were going back to China, we were like, because um, we were told, okay, you need to record everything. Like you need to record like which train you're taking, your the flight, um, your flight number, the seat you are going to be sitting on. Everything you need to keep every receipt. Jeez. You need to keep everything so that they can track. And if you happen to get the virus, they'll be able to track from where you got it from and who else you've been in contact with, so they can inform that flight, they can inform that bus or anything mm. like that. So we took note of everything, kept everything. When we got to our apartment complex, Mm. we had to stand there. Our bags were taken from us, sanitized. People were in hazmat suits. We were taken to our apartment. Our our boss had, like, stocked up our apartment with food and everything. um, Oh, that's so nice. Because, you know, we had to quarantine. Yeah, that was really nice. Uh, We had to quarantine two weeks, it was different to when we got back. It was just, I mean, to see everything, everything was closed, everything, and to see that place like that when you're so used to seeing people everywhere, you're so mm-hmm. used to seeing the streets busy, it was different, it was, it was very different. the whole experience from going from South Africa back to China was just so crazy. So it was so different, so eerie almost. Mm. Yeah, so, and then we had to get a COVID test, I think the, uh, the next day or, or two days later. <laughs> I think I told you the story about the bicycles.
0: Well, I actually can't remember it. What, what happened? <laughs> well,
1: they told us that we'd have to go to the hospital
0: yeah. for a COVID
1: test, but they told us that... like uh, uh, we travel mostly by like, using public transport or taking a taxi or something in that city. So they told us, well, oh, you can't use any public transport. <laughs> well, they didn't actually tell us. It was only when we went down, when they told us to come down from our apartment <laughs> that we found out what we were supposed to do, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, so, yeah, because we came down and we see these people there with bicycles. And yeah, that's when they're like, yeah, you can't use public transport to get to the hospital because we don't want you in contact with anyone. Uh, And then they gave us gloves and like a whole plastic type thing. And the bicycle was also covered. The handles were covered. And okay, now you have to cycle to the hospital 17 kilometers away. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think Um, I remember
0: this. Yeah. And, uh Yeah, and you I remember I think yeah. I even asked because 'cause I'm like, you're not even and a big cyclist. Y- you know. You <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can barely cycle properly. <laughs> so to
1: be on the road and going that far, uh, no. I was I let the I let them look at me, try to do it. <laughs> so they could actually see that I'm not a good cyclist. Uh <laughs> And so, they're, like, and, they, and I think they, like, struggle to believe it as well because everyone can cycle well. Then if you can't, it's like, uh no, you're lying. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, wait, they allowed you yeah. guys to then, like, call a cab, right?
1: No. And they're, like, no, you still can't. use <laughs> And they're like, okay, go back to the apartment. And oh. so we went back. And then the next day, yeah, the next day, um, they said they would send people from the hospital to come to our apartment to take the pill.
0: My goodness. Oh, my. That is so strict. It's like, you know, it does seem like China is yeah. really strict. Just even with, like, contract tracing, but ensuring, like, knowing where everyone mm-hmm. is going, like, everyone's movements. Mm,
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's cameras everywhere. I haven't been to a place in China where I haven't seen a camera. There's cameras everywhere. So if you had to, like, break your quarantine and go out of your apartment, they would definitely know about it. It's not like you can just
0: go. (sighs) Man, I mean, that really is surveillance culture. Um, Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then what was the rest of... 2020 like so it's like you're back in china when did you guys get back to teaching full-time and
1: Mm, it wasn't too long like i think we went back to the classroom so we got back to china early march we were back in the classroom around april Mm. cases were fine like it wasn't too bad like we got back and then i think we got back in april by may we stopped wearing masks what and by may everything was yeah by may everything was fine there were no cases in that city it went to zero and, and I think by May there were just like 12 cases in China or something it was really low numbers after that yeah um, in terms of China it was like oh it's gone
0: D- did you feel like the like you got to experience the pandemic much like while that side because I remember us speaking and it seemed like you hardly ever experienced a lockdown which I thought was so odd because you left South Africa Mm. before we were under lockdown and then you when you were in China it's like you Mm. didn't seem to be living under any sort of lockdown. Mm. Yeah that was the thing
1: because we left South Africa on the 1st of March? Yeah. Oh no, we the first case was announced on the 1st and we left on the 6th. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah, we just missed that and by the time we got to China, things were okay as well, so we were in the clear. And and it was just the two weeks of quarantine that we did and after that, yeah, we didn't really experience the lockdown where uh, because at that time, like a, a month before they only had You could go out of your house one hour a week to get groceries or something. And I think it was one person per household had a card. So you could leave with that card once a week. Hmm. But we didn't experience any of those things because it was fine by that time.
0: So it's like you literally were just like missing all the lockdowns. Like you just like found a way to miss the lockdowns. (laughs) It's like, that's a crazy experience, even in and of itself. Because so many people have Mm -hmm. experienced, you know, like, hard lockdowns during that time, and then here you are living in China Mm -hmm. at some point, but you're like, I didn't experience that.
1: Mm. I think that's why it's so hard for me now to like being back, even though like, it's just (laughs) to wear a mask all the time, I have to be extra careful and yeah, this is the only time that I've kind of experienced it.
0: So why did you even decide to come back to South Africa?
1: I mean, As you know, I have a baby now. Yay. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was pregnant, and that was a, uh, one of the big reasons to come back. Yeah. Um, to have my baby here in South Africa. Um, yeah, that was
0: of the biggest reason. And it's like, were you not worried about traveling while pregnant, especially during you know like this time, the, the like this crazy mm. time?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was very worried. I was very worried. I knew in my mind, like I was like, this is a risk. Is mm. it a risk that you're going to be willing to take? And at the end of the day, I did decide that I, I wanted to do it.
0: Yeah. So when did you come back? Like, what, When did your contract end and when did you guys come back to South Africa?
1: Yeah, I didn't really finish the whole contract because uh, oh, okay. the contract was supposed to end, um, I think, in March, at the end of March or something. Oh, okay. But I got back in Feb. So it wasn't too much. But, I mean, obviously work understood because I was pregnant at the time and then I had to come back, like, before 20 eight weeks mm. so but coming back yeah you know it it was a journey I
0: mean that's the other thing right like now let's paint that scenario for us of you trying to get back to South Africa this is when this is in. Mm. I mean this is February you said right of this year yeah yeah. What was that like? <laughs> like, I know how crazy yeah. it got, um, but like, can you maybe like paint a picture yeah. for like our listeners of like what the logistics, the crazy logistics of you just trying to get back home?
1: Yeah, I I had no idea. I think like how difficult it was going to be. Yeah. Also, maybe because I was I was living in China at the time. I, I I was going everywhere freely. I didn't. Like, I didn't think that it would be that difficult to come back and I and I wasn't kind of realizing how it was in every other country that was experiencing so many cases of mm. COVID. Um so I, I just didn't know that it would be as difficult as it as it was. Yeah. And I guess I, I kind of knew when like I was trying to book flights and they just kept getting cancelled. Like what's happening? Why? Why do these flights keep getting canceled? Mm. And there's like no reason. They weren't giving any reasons for these cancellations, or like um, flights would change their dates. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of that. Yeah, like and this is like without informing you of much, right? Like, mm.
1: yeah, I spent so much time, like hours, on and just calling airlines, being like, why has it changed or most of the time, the reason they gave it, like, um, there's not enough people on this flight. So I guess people were canceling their flights, COVID mm. things were happening, but they weren't really informing us of all of that. And, um, instead of having three flights a week, they were having one.
0: But, mm. oh my, so what was it like? So when did, were you able finally to come back home?
1: <laughs> I got back home on the 9th. Yeah, on in the mindset, bus, Dad. Yeah, and I think I was supposed to be back on the
0: bus or
1: something. Yeah, supposed <laughs> to be back on the bus.
0: And that entire time, it's because like you couldn't get a flight.
1: I mean, <laughs> okay, so I went from Shuzhou, which is like an hour away from Chen. from Shuzhou to Shenzhen, <laughs> and from Shenzhen, it's about forty minutes away from Hong Kong by car. While I was in Su Chen, contacted all of the places to ask would we be able to cross the border um from Shenzhen to Hong Kong? Is it okay? Everyone said it's fine, like recall call um the airport, the embassy, um, that I like, it's open. So something changed within that time that we got from Su to Shenzhen. Um, because while we were in Shenzhen, we had how much time did I leave? Um quite a few hours, 12 or 13 hours till the next flight. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure we'd have enough time to cross the border, to get our bags, you know, to do all of that stuff. And then when we got to Shenzhen, from the airport, I was like, oh, this is going to be difficult because... They they initially said that there is a shuttle going, but you'd have to check at the airport if the shuttle is still going. We checked if the shuttle is going. They're like, no, we stopped operating. Oh my goodness! Um, asked a few people there. Is the border open? Can we go to Hong Kong? Some people were like, yeah, maybe you can try. <laughs> <I'm> like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was difficult, and we initially found a driver. Oh well, we got from the airport we had booked a hotel just to rest for an hour or two mm-hmm. went to that hotel asked the hotel can we go to Hong Kong right? yeah sure you can just find a a driver who has an international license that can take you through uh, went back to the airport we found a driver there and on the way to Hong Kong he's calling people at the border people at the border are like Oh, um, these girls are South African. We're not letting South Africans through at the moment.
0: Oh.
1: Because things were bad in South Africa. Um, uh, with oh. COVID. I think we were like halfway to Hong Kong and then and he turned around like, No, sorry, can't take you to Hong Kong.
0: Because you're South yeah. African. Mm. <laughs>
1: Even though, like we said, we've been living in China, uh, we haven't been to South Africa in the, the last twenty one
0: days. Yeah. Oh so what ended up happening? Like, How did you end up flying out of China? So we went back.
1: Oh, we got another hotel. <laughs> mm, booked at that hotel. And then we had the same driver take us to, <laughs> it's literally trying every avenue, yeah. basically, to cross this border. Um, went to the ferry. I thought, okay, maybe we can take the ferry across. He also said, maybe you can take the ferry across. So I went to the ferry terminal and uh, <laughs> the people there are like, okay, fill in all of this paperwork. Um, but once you get to Hong Kong, we're not responsible. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. You might have to be quarantined. Uh, they might send you back. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh. Okay. So we were filling out paperwork. At that time, I was trying to change um, the flight as well because obviously not, we're not going to make it for that flight uh, I changed that flight four times <laughs> changing the dates uh, uh, and, I, and I still didn't end up taking the flight <laughs> oh,
0: did you lose your money
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I did
0: lose my money I'm so sorry no yeah <laughs>
1: it's okay it was just like no way that I could take that flight just because uh, we'd have to get to Hong Kong. Even yeah. if I had found a way to get to Hong Kong, Hong Kong was, because I called the Hong Kong, um, the South African Embassy in Hong Kong, and they're like, no, no matter which way you get to Hong Kong, even if you had to take a flight into Hong Kong from China, uh, you'd still have to quarantine. Mm. Even if you're just going to be in the airport. So there was no way that I could um
0: fly out of Hong Kong. Could take that flight. Yeah. So where did you end up flying out of?
1: Well then then I spent what, over a week in Shenzhen trying to find flights and oh. the problem with all of the flights um was that most of them said um self transfer. And it was just a daily thing of like waking up I mean I, I felt like I was um you know working at a like an agency because <laughs> I just would wake up in the morning and call airlines and find out about COVID restrictions and find and call embassies find out if they would letting South Africans through and, uh, oh jeez, <laughs> it was a lot yeah that was the daily thing yeah a lot of the flights that Self transfer, which meant that you could fly there. There was just one direct flight to South Africa at that time,
0: mm.
1: and it was with um, Air China, and it, it was 46,000.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Rand. So, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, in my mind, at that point, I'm moving back to South Africa permanently. I've sent all my money back. Mm. Um, Jess kept a little bit of money just for traveling expenses to Hong Kong and, and things like that. But now that bit of money had to last that week while trying to find a flight to come back. And we were, like already lost the money for the previous flight. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not. I, just, I can't pay the 46000 46, But then all the other flights kept being self-transfer. So I was also not sure what to do about that. So that, that's why with the self-transfer thing, I was calling the airlines and calling the countries that we had to transfer in <laughs> <laughs> to to find out, like, what that means to do. Because if I have to come out of baggage claim, and then uh, that means that I would need to go through passport control again. And if I need to go through passport control, they need to check that I'm quarantined in that country. Oh. So I needed to have flights where... I could just transfer instead of getting to baggage claim. That
0: was the the difficult part. But eventually you got to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, after like seven days, oh. uh, I did find a flight um, Yeah, with uh, Qatar and then transferred in Malaysia and Doha.
0: Okay, so you had two transfers but both of them you did not have to do self transfers.
1: Yeah, and honestly I didn't know up until that one because I called Malaysian Airlines and I called Qatar Airlines and, and <laughs> on the phone with them but like I asked because it still said self transfer on the um, on the flight, but I was looking at the, the flight numbers and the whole thing said even though it was Malaysian Airlines, it was like part of Qatar. So it's said, like Qatar, Qatar. So I'm thinking, well, if it's with the same airline, they should let me transfer instead of uh, having to come out of baggage and uh, having to exit and re-enter. So
0: you were just taking a chance, essentially. I was taking a chance, yeah, completely. Like, I didn't know anything, like... It was only when,
1: like, I actually got through those two chances, I'm like, oh, I'm going home. Because I didn't know at either one of those, maybe they would tell me in Malaysia, sorry, you would have to quarantine here. Or, yeah, <sighs> I didn't know.
0: Oh, my God. and that hit me. Like, imagine, like, only after you get to Doha and you get, like, beyond passport control, yeah. you're like, I get to go home.
1: Yeah. I had, I didn't know. And that's the reason, like, I only booked that flight from Johannesburg to Durban once
0: I was in Doha. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like, though, then landing in Durban? I couldn't
1: believe that I was here. I couldn't believe that, like, wow, I made it. I don't think, like, even my family or friends, like, they're all like, are you going to make it? Will you just... Because the thing is, I was twenty weeks pregnant at the time like if I had to go beyond that I couldn't fly I wouldn't be able to come I'd have to stay in China there were so many consequences of that yeah so, yeah it was- I mean I
0: remember how relieved I was I was like where are you what's happening yeah are you fine and then like you know yeah you were like I'm here and I was just like oh my goodness <laughs> she made it mm. yeah yeah I couldn't believe it okay to round off our Mm -hmm. conversation Marissa how are you doing now like how's everything how's life how's it being a new mom oh everything's good I mean it's hectic everything's good
1: um I mean I obviously wish things were were better with COVID and I wish I could take him out I wish that you know life was a bit different but hopefully
0: we'll get better yeah marissa thank Mm -hmm. you so much thank you so much for making time for me (laughs) i know how busy you are like it's not easy being you know a a mom to an infant as well as studying and then making time i know you just had a test that you had to write yeah so i'm really grateful that you made time for me and this little podcast of mine
1: i'm glad that i got to do it
0: Yeah, you know, like I said, you were like one of my inspirations, so I'm really happy that we got to chat, and you are the last guest for this first season, so thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, Marissa. (laughs) Bye. Thank you to everyone who's joined me on this podcast. There'll be one more episode coming out, um, just to wrap up the entire season. I'll call it the first season. Thank you to everyone and um, see you hopefully in the new season but stay tuned, stay subscribed so that you can get next week's episode as well. I'll just be wrapping up the entire show. Thank you everyone and goodbye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at abroad. On Facebook, you can search for CSA to like the page. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at covidstuckabroad at gmail.com. Please see show notes for the links. This episode of COVID Stuck Abroad was produced by Zola Zagut with funding from the National Arts Council's Presidential Employment Stimulus Program. The episodes were recorded at Solar Gold Studios.